Hey, what's up? And welcome. You're listening to Sneak Up on the Pedestrian Podcast Network. Probably brought to you by Platypus Shoes. Sneak Up is all about things like music, art, dance, and horror culture. Those little thoughts that sneak up in your brain, we're going to chat about them. My name is Jack, your host and avatar for all these epic conversations we're set to have together. With the Sydney Film Festival just kicking off, the country's largest exhibition of exciting international and local productions, today we're speaking with an exciting young director who's just taken her first step into the industry. Imogen McCluskey is the director of Suburban Wildlife, a modern-day coming-of-age film which follows four close friends as they graduate university. It explores a young person's need to leave their home country, a fear of leaving your home, coming to grips with one's sexuality, and expectations of adult relationships. Having recently graduated from the Australian Film, Television and Radio School, Imogen is at an interesting point between her expectations of and the reality of the Australian film landscape, especially in an age of entertainment almost completely dominated by streaming. On that note, Imogen... Welcome to the program. It's a pleasure having you on. Oh, happy to be here. Cool. Great. Uh, so I guess probably the best way for us to get a grasp on why you're sitting here is to talk some history. When did you decide that film was something that you wanted to do with your life? Oh, my God. Very good question. So it's been a bit of a journey and I know I'm 25, so like people will roll their eyes at that. But I left school and essentially dropped out of four different degrees from like all law right. to like biomed and like all this sort of stuff and like was very lost because I think at school I was just like a good student, big nerd, and people were like, oh, you should do medicine or you should do law, when actually I was like a creative flower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it took me a while to come to terms with like living a creative life and being an artist um, and even calling myself an artist, which I'm still, you know, working my way through. Yeah. Um, but I came to afters um, when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. So yeah, by that point I dropped out of four degrees and by the time I got there, it was kind of great because I got there with a really clear goal to leave with a feature film. And mm-hmm. because I dropped out of so many degrees, it was really like, I need to make this work and like really interrogated whether I wanted to make film and what was it about film that really interested me and kept me going. And that's, those are questions that I'm like constantly asking myself Mm -hmm. because I did about a year of a theater degree and creative writing degree in Brisbane where I'm from originally. Um, And I was like, okay, this is like kind of where I want to go, but not quite. And then even like I'd never directed before and then was on my first short film at afters and I was like oh this is all of the things I'm good at and passionate about in one job I've like found it I've like won the lotto cool (laughs) so for a lot of it it was about like seeing that through but it ended up being really easy um yeah I don't know it's like one of those things where you look back in retrospect and you're like oh it all lined up so perfectly but it was definitely like a struggle and I definitely empathize with kids leaving high school and going straight into uni I think it's like such a challenge to know what you want to do and you need to like see the world and get to know yourself a bit more and I'm all for like dropping out of degrees like I'm always recommending that people drop out or at least like be sure or be considerate with what you're doing because also you're amassing debt at the same time yeah. so it's like everyone you know, kind of forgets about that part yeah for sure and you're like I'll pay it later but it's like that's gonna be with you for like ages so, a long time yeah haha um, <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um you studied film at afters as mm-hmm. you said do you think that that was necessary to making a career for yourself yeah I it's an interesting question because I think it's like Sydney's really expensive, as we all know. It's a really full-on degree. So there is a certain amount of struggle and or privilege to kind of dedicate yourself fully to any course, but particularly an intensive film course like that. They have really generous scholarship programs, but I just want to like acknowledge that 
off the bat because I think that like it definitely gives you a huge advantage and a lot of like people can't necessarily access that which is annoying but um they do have great scholarship programs which is great but um I think it's like there are plenty of great film courses around Australia like VCA has a great one Griffith in uh Queensland has one but really like we're so versed in the language of like online and content anyway I keep saying content because I'm in pedestrian (laughs) um we're so well versed in like how to tell stories and it's kind of like part of us because we're just consuming so much media Mm. all the time and that is like such a cool thing if you can like find a way into the industry that isn't the traditional path of film school and then coming out and that doesn't necessarily guarantee you a career anyway but it definitely gives you a lot of advantages and a lot of like internships and placements and like I got to be on Hacksaw Ridge and like you know polish some shit every day and like I don't know it was so sick um (laughs) but I like it definitely shouldn't be a deterrent if you haven't gotten in or you apply and you get rejected like just keep making stuff because as I said before like the conversation needs to expand and we need new voices and you might sit outside what they're looking for that year or what they've already you know the kind of filmmakers that they're inviting but it doesn't mean that your voice is any less deserving of a platform I think so just like keep making stuff we're in this digital revolution like let's go (laughs) i'd like to point out here that she did like the rock on sign she said that uh it's funny all right so now moving on to the film Mm. um how mm, how did the idea for suburban wildlife come about so um my co-writer b and i beatrice is her proper name but i'm just gonna call her b cool um she uh was my like peer at afters and we were making sort of short films that kind of really spoke to each other thematically. And we were just really lucky that we got along really well and we were very determined to make a feature film together. Um, And I think the idea behind the film is that it comes from... So I grew up in Brisbane and she grew up in the suburbs of Sydney. Um, And we felt that, like, we're in love with, like, looking for Ella Brandy and Muriel's Wedding and things like that. But there wasn't a contemporary like queer coming of age story in an Australian voice and from a female perspective because I think in general there are kind of more queer films from a male perspective and we just want to kind of open that conversation out and sort of have our own experiences on screen as well as those other very valid stories um so it just came came out of that kind of wanting to fill that space and like that point of life where um you're in between either school or uni or uni and the rest of your life and that kind of nostalgia that's connected to place and place was so important in our film, like it's called Suburban Wildlife. And I think part of myself as a director, visually I wanted to treat it with a lot of love and like I think nostalgia comes from love obviously and like that was a real visual touch point for me because I feel like uh, suburbia on Australian screens – generally and not saying this is a bad thing but just a point of difference is like it's usually shot as like gray or washed out or like you know I don't know like that kind of thing and we wanted to really imbue this like dreamy sun-filled nostalgia of like summer days onto this setting because it's kind of them living through the final days of their childhood and um it really spoke to us I think like in terms of where we'd come from and once you get a bit of 
distance from what you thought was like a really suffocating place to grow up in it's actually like this really beautiful mundane but like beautiful place to sort of pass through on your you know chapters of life or whatever (laughs) (laughs) I definitely got that sort of feeling of nostalgia as well with the soundtrack Mm. like it was very I hate to say that it sounded a bit like flume but it was that sort of like (laughs) that that glitzy glittery kind of like sparkly feeling of youth like it that, was very yeah, nice. Yeah, that's by my friend Isha Ramdas. He's so talented. He's my friend from Brisbane, but he's studying it um, in Melbourne right now. And he's an incredible composer and musician. So cool. look him up, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Something that I noticed with the film is that like while every character does come to sort of like a bit of a a bit of an ending of themselves, that hasn't really been too much progress. Mm. And it's more them just sort of like thinking about things for a good long period of time. <laughs> Um, what were you trying to say with the way that it ended? It felt bittersweet. Mm. Well, I think that kind of ties to like how we structured the film, um, because you definitely can't say it's plot heavy. It's yeah. definitely like character focused, mm. but B and I, with our, with our attitude towards like coming of age films, we love them obviously. And this came from a great place of love and respect to that genre, but it was always showing like a graduation and then, you know, like the big cinematic signposts of your journey into adulthood and we wanted to kind of show the spaces in between so it was like instead of showing the graduation also because we couldn't afford it we show (laughs) them in the car directly after Mm. and it's kind of that feeling of like what do we do because you don't see that like you no one's giving you a map of how to live your life and you just sort of got to make it up yourself and I think sometimes when you reach those big markers of adulthood or whatever when you graduate or whatever you're kind of I don't know at least me I have this feeling of like oh okay like I've arrived here like what does that mean like what Mm. do I do with that and it's kind of all this build up and all this expectation and then it's really just you wearing like some weird black robe and like then you got to like give it back and then go get drunk (laughs) I don't know Um, but in terms of like the ending I think it's because we left so much space in the film and between characters in terms of dialogue and in how we have these like montages with just music. And I think it's an important thing is like what I wanted was for the audience to project themselves onto the characters. And we kind of left space for that to happen. And because there are, it is an ensemble film. Like I think hopefully the audience can identify with at least one of these characters and sort of see either themselves or their friends in them. So I think in terms of the dialogue and the way we pace the film and the the bittersweet resolution that isn't really articulated, um, yeah, I think that was a way to, yeah, let the audience into the film. Now, um, what sort of challenges do you think that you personally face as a female director? Um, I think it's challenging being uh, an emerging director anyway. Like, people don't know your voice yet they don't know your stories like they don't know your perspective so I think it's kind of female or not female whatever your gender is like I think it's sort of establishing that for yourself and in the films you make of kind of what is your perspective and what are you going to say so I think that's a question of like practice and and I'm still figuring that out and I think any artist is like figuring that out over their whole career but it's sort of being able to articulate that and communicate that through film and through sort of the promo and the supporting materials and how you tell a story. Um, so I think it's kind of like what I'm always asking myself, like what is my perspective 
on being a young person? What is being my perspective on being bisexual? Like all this sort of stuff. And like, how can I put that in my work? Like some of the work I'm doing now is like, how do I feel about as a young person about climate change, for example? And how do I make that a palatable, compelling story for people that really communicates the urgency of being a young person facing climate change, but isn't something that people will switch off because they're like, too real or whatever, you know? So I think it's like, it's kind of what stories do you want to tell and how do you want to tell them is the main challenge of being any kind of emerging filmmaker. And how do you gather a team and galvanize a team to see something through and reach an audience, which is number one of like, you're not making this stuff in a vacuum. You want to communicate to an audience. Mm. So how do you get to them? That's my constant question I'm asking myself. So who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Again, like coming off the back of that, and you mentioned this before that um, you think that there are so many new voices coming out and Mm. there's a place for those. Do you think that's an advantage that you have over a lot of other people is that you are, Mm. you know, your own voice? Well, yeah, I think, I don't know, like I'm definitely still figuring it out. And I think I'm at a point now where I'm experimenting with a few different styles. Like I've made a one-taker short that was like a proof of concept for this web series I'm making. And I'm really into that right now, like really into doing things in a one-take just because it's kind of more like theatre and I'm really Mm. interested by that. But I think in terms of, I think I know my opinions and I know my perspective, but it's also because it's such a collaborative thing. You want, or at least I always want to be challenged by my team and the people I work with and do things that have their perspective in it as well and their kind of way of visualizing it. So I don't, I don't know if I, I think Suburban Wildlife has a clear perspective and clear visual style and clear voice that um, we were really aiming for. But I think with anything, it's like if you're a good director, you get everyone on the same page for whatever project it is and make sure you're making the same film, you know. But it doesn't mean that your whole career is going to look the same. And mm-hmm. obviously people do, like Wes Anderson, you know, the classic, like it's all twee cool shit all yeah, the time, yeah. um, which is cool and like that works for him. But I don't know if I'm that kind of filmmaker yet. I think I'm very much still figuring out, but... Um, I definitely have a lot of opinions and a lot of (laughs) stories I want to tell. So, like, hopefully, you know, someone flings me some money at some point. Who knows? (laughs) If you're listening, fling fling money, please. Fling, fling, please. Or, like, buy me a house. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back to this interview with Imogen in just a moment. But for now, here's a word from our sponsor. It goes without saying that everyone is always trying so hard to feel fresh. Whether that's thinking a new way, doing something differently, or acting like someone they're not. But what if all it took was blazing your own trail? This is Sneak Up, a platypus shoes podcast dedicated to all kinds of people thinking like that. Uh, what do you, this kind of goes back to your answer earlier about getting funding. Mm. What do you think of the government's support behind the export of Australian film overseas nowadays? Yeah, export of Australian film? I don't know. It's really interesting. I think I definitely had very strong opinions in a lot of different parts of this at film school, like one of my last essays was like about a recent Screen Australia report. But like I said earlier, like I think they've really changed how they approach funding and who they're giving funding to. And it's a lot more accessible than it used to be, which hopefully will translate into the films that we make and the kind of audiences we want to reach. I don't know. I'm kind of personally, I'm kind of looking to TV a little bit more of like, okay, like the story that I would have told in a feature film five, 10 years ago maybe that space is more on TV. And I think it's, yeah, 
I don't know. It's it's a really hard question, but I think as a nation, at least this is my own personal opinion, that we do we are a bit hesitant with like what we term as an Australian story or who we decide to be Australian. Like I was kind of saying this earlier, but I think that narrative really needs to change. And I definitely am a bit fatigued with a certain kind of film that comes out of this country with like a very angry male lead. Like I think we've had enough of those films, at least I've had enough of those films. And if we could just expand that conversation more would be great in my perspective. Um, But yeah, the only way to do that is to get other people creating things. And I think there have been really good changes in the way we're funding things to get that stuff off the ground. But everything I've heard and learnt in distributing Suburban has been that it's really, really hard to make a feature these days. So I think to young people or whoever's listening to this, if you're you're wanting to make something, definitely go ahead and make a feature. Like that's such a bold, incredible thing to do. Like good on you, good luck. Um, But maybe consider the platform that you want to distribute it on or whether it's better to do a web series or whether it's better to do a short. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I think it's just a bit of a, it's an interesting time for feature films. So um, I think like do your research, talk to people beforehand. Um, yeah. And see whether you want to do it like us, which is really hard. Like mm. to be honest with you, like it was really, really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. Um, or yeah. Or do it in a more traditional way of going to a production company, getting them to option your film and going that way with more support. Um but it's up to you. And definitely like there are incredible films that break through and really going back to voice, like have a really distinctive voice and perspective. So I think whatever your work is, just really interrogate it and be like, is this saying something new? Is this, you know, speaking to people that haven't been spoken to before? Is this saying something new? Is this challenging? Is this dynamic? Like, you know, that sort of stuff. And I think it will always reach an audience if you're determined to get it seen I don't know going back to something you said before again um, you seem to be covering a lot of my questions before I ask them which is good no 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 not at all Uh, in today's age of entertainment you were saying you're looking at doing like a web series Mm. Um, everything seems to be dominated by streaming services how do you see yourself fitting in as a director yeah well I think I have always again like what I've really realised is that everything is about audience and you want to reach an audience and you want to speak to an audience and I'm really lucky to have a job at STC where I'm an usher so I'm constantly being exposed to like the audience's interaction with the work on stage and it's like you don't want to make a work in the vacuum in a vacuum for yourself maybe you do but like good luck to you but I certainly don't and that means that you can't be snobbish about who you approach and how you want to tell your story and be innovative with how you want to tell your story. Like, is it something you want to tell on Instagram? Is it something that you want to put on a streaming service, whatever, and be ready to like adapt things. Like I recently put together a pitch um, and a whole treatment for a feature film, another coming of age film set in like the 2000s. But when I was talking to this production company, they were like, what about a TV show? So now I'm thinking about putting it, making it into a TV show, which actually makes a lot more sense and makes a lot more sense for the story and how I want to, what I want to explore. And then also for the time we're living in. So I think it's like, I don't know, you just got to find your own path. And I think it's, there are more and more content avenues, (laughs) 
lol, opening up for people like Snapchat and making content. There's like Facebook Watch and there's really good shows on there. I think it's like if you want to tell a compelling story, like just find a good way of telling it and I don't know, get it out there. I don't know. It's hard. And mm. it's definitely what I'm going through right now. So I don't have like a solid answer, but I'm, I've got a very, cause I'm a workaholic, like a very diverse slate of projects and on different. So I've got a few TV shows. I'm working on a few web series and a few features all saying this. I'm, I'm not getting paid. Like I'm, that yeah. sounds like way cooler Again, than it is. Love. Yeah, exactly. Just for the love. So like just flagging that just to make that clear. <laughs> um, but in terms of like, I'm working on all these things sim- simultaneously because you just don't know who is going to pick up what, when and la la la. So I think the key to being a young creative now, because you've got to be a slashy, you've got to like do all these different things, mm. is being versatile and like being, you know, working on several different things and developing them and being ready to sort of pivot to each one. And as long as you have, you're passionate about the story you're telling, like it'll definitely come across. This is Shoutouts on Sneak Up. A time to get our fingers on the pulse. Now, we've got this section on the show. Um, it's called Shoutouts. I basically like give the floor to you to sort of spruik um, someone that you really love, some people that you think are doing really fantastic things in your field. Um, it could maybe be another film at the festival, someone you know personally that you think that we should be checking out, or anybody that you're really loving at the moment. Got anyone oh you could think of? God. Oh, <laughs> this is okay. a very broad Yeah, it's section. such a broad question. Okay. Hmm. Well, I have to shout out um, Sequin in a Blue Room. It's another film that's at um, Sydney Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Really talented afters grads as well. Um, Sam Van Grisven is a really exciting new director. I don't know. I think there's like such cool stuff happening in the TV space right now. Like Pen15. I don't know if you've I've seen I've heard that. about that, but I haven't it seen it yet. It is so sick. Because that is a great example of a film that even five years ago would not be made. But because film is so, like, I mean, TV is so like interesting and dynamic now and like innovative and weird, you can get these two 30-year-olds playing like 10-year-old kids and it's like totally fine. Mm. Um, so that's such a sick film, I re- uh, TV show. I really, really enjoy that one. Um, I don't know. There's so many amazing films coming out at Sydney Film Festival in particular I think keep your eye out for Hannah Lehman's Snapchat uh, thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be shown in Australia, but it's called Two Sides and she's an incredible creator. Um, and my friend uh, Madeline Gottlieb's uh, short film Snare is showing at Sydney Film Festival as well. And um, that was just at Tribeca and S- South by Southwest and she's a really exciting young um, female filmmaker. Um yeah. What advice have you got for young people trying to make it in the film industry? Look, again, I think it's like your voice needs to be heard again to like broaden this conversation of what is an Australian story? Who's allowed to tell that? Da, da, da. So I think it's really hard if you don't have a rich family, if you don't have like a wealthy patron, whatever, and especially if you're living in Sydney or Melbourne or somewhere where the rent is quite high, it is really difficult. And I make no, you know, I'd never keep that secret. Like I'm so poor all the goddamn time, but hopefully not for much longer, but it is such a grind. And especially if you're the producer of your uh, stuff as well, like it is just like a full-time job. So 
I don't know. It depends where you're at. But I think if you're graduating film school, I think that's a real point of deciding whether to take a full-time job, wherever that is, at a production company or something outside the industry, whatever, or take a part-time job and treat your work as full-time, which is kind of what I've chosen. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that you're very poor and it means that you are struggling. But I think if you can build a community around you, because film is so collaborative, and sort of share in that process together in that period of time, like that will make it so much easier on you. And that's something that I've really relied on heavily it's just like calling up my friends and crying and being like, oh, I got to like export this shit again because it like corrupted, blah, blah, blah. So I think, I don't know, just like, just keep going. That's such a boring advice, but it is just such a grind. But I personally think, you know, I'm just excited to hear new voices and new perspectives and I'm excited to hear who comes through these new sort of funding avenues of Screen Australia and how we broaden this conversation because it's just, I think, desperately in need of change. Well, Imogen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No, no worries. So there it is, another episode of Sneak Up. Imogen had a heap to say on the state of the Australian film industry, some of which went pretty far against the grain, and some excellent advice for would-be filmmakers of all backgrounds and ages. To keep up to date with her film Suburban Wildlife, including its appearance at the Sydney Film Festival and beyond, give it to us on Instagram, at Suburban Wildlife Film. And while you're there, give a follow to Platypus, at Platypus underscore sneakers, and Pedestrian TV, at Pedestrian TV. I'll be back in a fortnight, but till then, keep it sneaky. Thank <laughs> you.